Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Coppery. Every time that Let's Go is at least twice as long as I think it is. I was, that's wild, bro. I was literally about to say almost the exact same thing. Every time I hear that let's go, I think it's about to be over. And then it lasts for like a full six seconds longer than I, than when I'm like, oh yeah, this long let's go is about to be done. It's not. Nope. It's not. Nope. Just, just getting started. It's not. Just like us. Hi, pal. Just like us. Just getting started. Oh, right back in it. Like we never left. I like that it took us doing the show for like 400 episodes and rebooting it nine months after 400 episodes. Ryan, I think you mean doing it for one season. (laughs) One 400 episode season (laughs) over the course of over four years to Mm -hmm, then reboot mm -hmm. it and be like, now, now we need a theme song. Now we need a real intro song. And and by theme song, you mean instead of playing a different beat every time, playing the same beat every time. But you made don't don't front though. You made a you made a beat to be like, I want some new hot fire at the beginning of this shit. It's true. It's See? True. And it and it works. It's hot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it it do slap. It do slap. The beats do slap <laughs> around here on the What It Podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Spencer. We're back up in your earballs. What's up, everybody? Hello, our uh, our mutual friend, uh, former guest of the show, which is which is now a pretty elite group because there will be so many fewer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a finite number it's probably fu- now. Yes. Um, Gorder, I was hanging out the other day, and uh, he he started combining slaps and beats ass into saying that things slap ass. That's great. It's perfect. It's perfect. Keep it up. And I'm yeah, I'm I'm not exactly sure like how intentional that slang portmanteau was, but I absolutely it's love great. it. It's great. It's great. Wait, did we have Gorder on the show? Yeah, he did uh way back when we one of our missing people episodes. Fuck. Let me see if I can get there. Yeah, it was in the desert. yeah, 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 yeah. The, the family that w- took a minivan to the desert and they were drinking Bud Ice. See, this is a perfect, we literally talked, okay, we literally talked about this on the last episode where we debuted the trailer for Finding Quantum Quest, where we just said, we were talking about, um, we were talking about forgetting the show after it happened. Mm-hmm. There's a very short list of people who've guested on this show, all things considered. The vast majority of them are you and I, and I literally forgot... <laughs> We are guests on our show. I like that. What's that? We're guests on our show. What do you mean? You said very few people have have guested, and the majority of them are are the two oh, of us. Guests on the show. The majority of them. I meant the episodes, not the majority of guests. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Usually, if we have a guest, it's one of us. <laughs> I am your guest, and you are mine, yeah. and yeah. that's how the show works. Uh-huh. No, um, but like the majority, the vast majority of the shows are you and I. So Correct. the fact that there's been a relatively short list of people who've guested on the show and I have succeeded in forgetting about those people is also an indicator of how much of this has gone in my brain and then been flushed right back out. Yikes. Yep. Anyway. Love you, Gorder. Here we are. Hi. Hi, buddy. <laughs> Miss you. Okay. Love you. Quick joy. And then I have so many alien stories. It's it's unreasonable. Okay. 
My joy this week is that um, Target Online had basketball cards uh, for retail prices online, and I bought uh, I bought a Mega Box, which is like ten. Pa- it comes with like ten packs inside of it, and I ripped ten packs of basketball cards. And boy, that is still such an absolute treat to for like hell yeah. It's like I think a Mega Box costs like thirty five dollars. And man, as a as a grown adult to spend your money on some $35 bullshit that absolutely brings you joy, like <laughs> opening up a pack of basketball cards, hard to beat. Hard to beat, man. Uh-huh. Hard to beat. Feel like a kid again. Get to open up like an Anthony Edwards rookie card and be like, yeah, fuck yeah, that's still cool. And I'm yeah. into it. Great. <laughs> gonna be a good day. Just gonna send So it. yeah, I have some um, I have some cards in front of me from that uh from from that rip. And they're they're just fun. That's a Kristaps Porzingis career sure is career lineage card it's great it's oh fun. career lineage yes wow yes wow <laughs> anyway basketball cards were fun this week i've gotten uh gotten real into mountaineering lately i'm sorry or sorry not personally point of separation <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker <laughs> i'm in you start go climb the mountains on me. We're gonna have a problem. Wouldn't wouldn't it be wild if we paused the show because I had to climb K two? It would be very wild if we paused the show for for nine months and you came back and you were like, "Yeah, I've been climbing mountains, <laughs> bro. What we live in this? I'm fucking tossing bikes in the river, bro. <laughs> it's closer to what I've been doing for the last nine months. We live in this city, uh, bro. You, what are you doing? No, just like I, by that I mean reading about people who are actually do mountaineering and watching videos and like you can watch a GoPro head mounted video of a dude climbing K2 with like no music or anything. Just like, here's me climbing the, the mountain where one in four people who tries to climb it dies. Here I go. Damn. Yeah. Can I wear my like Oculus headset while I do it and then just pretend that I climb that mountain? They probably weren't shot in VR, uh, but yeah, short of that, I guess you could. Someone will shoot climbing K2 in VR in the next five years, right? Man. That has to exist. Fewer fewer people have climbed K2 than have been to space. It's fucking wild. Is that true? That is a real, a real fact. Did you ever watch that Alex Honnold documentary about him climbing the south face of... Um, it's that- peak in yosemite i think just got into it yesterday bro i got a long way to go <laughs> your joy is your your 24 hour long fascination with mountaineering yeah okay yeah exactly there's a 2018 film i'm pretty sure it won an oscar it's called free solo oh sure um no i haven't seen it but i have heard of it okay he free climbs for those who don't know like I didn't know till I learned it. Um, he free climbs like, which means like no ropes, like the largest um, rock face in, I think it's Yosemite, but now I can't find it. Anyway, that documentary was. It's, it's wild stuff, man. Although I was watching one one video. There's this guy who climbs and documents a lot of stuff and like puts together really cool videos about it. There's one on, I think it was on K2 and they, he just cuts without warning 
to a shot of a dude like bouncing down the side of the mountain. Oh no, that's no. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah. Absolutely not. Some guy fell and like bounced past them and died and they were like, "Well, there goes Bill. RIP Bill." And they showed it? Jesus, dude. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing you could do on YouTube, but I've regretted watching that one. Otherwise, it's been a fun ride. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> See, that's why, look, I've, I haven't been shy about the fact that I'm not a nature boy on the show in the past. Woo! Woo! Only that nature boy. <laughs> um, but this is why, man. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm never going to do it. I'm just fascinated by if it. I'm, it's also like this weird, super rich person thing, which is another fascinating layer. Oh, right. Because it requires like guides and permits and equipment it, and it training. Like 50, and, it costs like 50K to even attempt it. And it takes months. It's And there's a 25% chance you're going to die. It's an absolutely insane thing to you do. You know what doesn't cost $50,000 and won't kill me? My Xbox. Most things. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in front of my Xbox. Oh, one other joy. You can now play Ocarina of Time uh, on Switch. So, Whoa. Yeah, that, that's been my, my secondary joy. Okay, we have way too many alien stories. I might legitimately buy a Nintendo Switch for the rest of whatever this newfound quarantine we're doing is so I can play Ocarina of Time. I've got a lot of rapid tests and N95 masks if you want to play Switch. I kind of I kind of do. I got a, I got a whole, uh, I want to snitch on myself. I have substances and I have switch and I have <laughs> like you have fancy masks on yourself plenty on this show before. <laughs> sure. If you want to get high and play video games, we can probably set it up is all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and put that in my notes and, um, you know, we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll have our people talk. Okay. So I, Guested uh, a couple weeks ago on on Rob Christofferson's show, Our Strange Skies. What up, Rob? I haven't been out be able, to, be able to shout you out in a while. Love you, bud. <laughs> Miss you. Good to see you. How is it possible? <laughs> Why are we fucking up so bad? Uh, and he put me on to this just treasure trove. Of... I almost dropped a yabba dabba do there. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did, actually. <laughs> ba-dip, 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 ba-dip. <laughs> He put me on to this this treasure trove of flying saucer review magazines that have been digitized. Oh, sick. And it's it's every issue going back to like the 50s. Okay. Um, If you're not familiar with flying saucer review, it's... (laughs) I just I, no. This I'm, is both for you and the listeners. I, no, no, no. I mean, it's it's. I, I just laugh because I thought about like I thought about. I know that a review is another name for a publication, like a chronicle or whatever. <laughs> oh, like. But I just envisioned like rating them like this. This one's too shiny. Three stars. Oh, six, uh, six and a half out of ten. Uh, only had one light. Not enough lights. Maybe a little dangerous. Um, six and a half out of ten. <laughs> so. It was this, I think, bi-weekly or maybe monthly. I think it changed throughout time. Uh, I think European publication. And they just had, yeah, based in London. And they had writers from around the world that would collect UFO stories and do write-ups on them. And then they would collect them every month and 
publish them in Flying Saucer Review. So I specifically went through issues from the 70s and tried to find the oddest humanoids that I could from the 1970s issues of Flying Saucer Review. Oh, hell yeah. Because I, I feel like in more recent UFO alien stories... There, there's like a, a much more narrow range of potential aliens. It's like the greys or maybe like some sort of lizard insect thing. Excuse me. Oof. Oof. We're, look, we're fuck. Look, we're back mm. at it. We're fucking up here. It's our first time back. Did you drink before you came here? <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm going to start drinking. I'm going to slit somebody open like a fish and drink their blood. That's what I'm going to drink. If we don't start getting to the fucking point here. <laughs> so God sorry. damn. It's worth it. Um, anyway, in the seventies, people used to report all kinds of just wild shit uh-huh. coming out of UFOs. Like, so I collected oh, some like, of the weirdest like beings ones coming out of UFOs. Yeah. Right. Just all kinds of different critters hopping out of those things. Sure. sure. So to start, we're going to go to Finland in 1970, January 7th, 1970, to be specific. Okay. And two guys named Arno and Esko were out skiing. Incredible. Arno and Esko. It's like the, uh-huh. the Oli, Oli and Lena of... Exactly. So they're, they're out for, a, for an afternoon ski, and they take a little break in a clearing around sunset. And they hear this noise, like a buzzing sound coming from the sky. And eventually they see a light moving towards them. And as it gets closer, the buzzing sound gets louder. Mm. And there's this light surrounded by a cloud, like a illuminated cloud of mist, red gray mist flying towards them, making a buzzing sound. Grouse. Yep. And... As it gets closer, they can see inside this cloud of mist a flat metallic disc. And it descends towards them and hovers about four to five meters off the ground. So was that like 12 to 16 feet or something feet, like that? Yep. And as it's hovering there, the buzzing sound stops and a bright beam of light shoots out of the side of the craft and it creates this like one meter wide circle on the snow, like a big spotlight. Beat me up, Scotty. Yeah. And at this point, Arno gets pushed backwards on his skis from the UFO. Like something shoved him backwards a few feet. Back the fuck up, boy. (laughs) And then he sees... We got abducting to do. This creature now standing below the UFO, standing in... In that circle of light, that spotlight thing. Uh, Beam me down, Scotty. How about that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's holding in its hands, like in front of its stomach, a black box, maybe like a, a six to eight inch cube. Okay. With a hole that's a light emitting a like pulsating yellow light out of it. It's my dick in a box. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. And I didn't... this little guy is about... Three feet tall, very skinny, very pale. They said it looked like he was made out of wax. Uh, he had claws instead of fingers and little tiny ears. Okay. And he wore a, a cone-shaped metal helmet on top of his head. A cone-shaped metal helmet. 
So while they're standing there watching this, the weird little bastard turns his light box towards the two guys Uh and out of it shoot a bunch of sparks along with more of this red gray mist. I'm good. Uh, Yeah, some of the sparks like hit the guys. And the air fills up with so much of this gray mist that they can't see each other, even though they're staying right next to each other. It's like super thick. Smoke bomb. And well, and when the smoke dissipates, the little guy and the UFO have both vanished. Okay, so an actual smoke bomb. (laughs) Yes. After this, they were both pretty messed up. Arno uh, said that the right side of his body was numb almost immediately. He had trouble skiing back. Uh, He had a headache. He puked right away. Oh. And for a few months afterwards, he peed black. His urine was black for several months after encountering this UFO. I'm good on that. Nah. You (laughs) you shouldn't be huffing the alien dust, bud. That's, um, well, that's the bad drugs. He wasn't able to work, and he had uh, reported memory issues. Esco was also pretty messed up. His face got really swollen. Uh, he was dizzy a lot. Sometimes he would just randomly... Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at this poor bastard. Sometimes he would just randomly turn red, like his whole body. And I don't, okay. I don't know if they mean, like, flushed or, like, you know, sort of a, a more natural red, or if just, like... Suddenly, Buddy was fire, was bright fire, red all over. Fire engine red. Yeah, um, like a, he just turned it, into a siren. <laughs> according to a doctor who saw him, he quote talked quickly and incoherently. So they both had some, uh, well, speech or and or like processing issues afterwards. Okay, uh, and that's the end of that story. <laughs> <laughs> they, got, they got fucked up, fucked up by a little bastard with a cone helmet. This is considered a dick move. Mm-hmm. You can't just land and be like, "Hey guys, come here real quick, <laughs> smoke bomb," and then fuck people up and run away. Uh, got him. I guess you can. I mean, technically you can, but on Earth, this is considered a dick move. Speaking of dick moves, I'll, I'll go to our next one. Uh-oh. This is actually... Hey, I thought 19- we weren't going to tell these kind of stories. I mean, they're... Not, he, look. I'm just kidding. You, you no, said, no one died. You said dick move. Uh, never mind. Huh? Never mind. <laughs> Am I missing something? I was, I was referencing we weren't going to we weren't gonna do any more alien sex stories after that one goofy fucking alien sex story. And you said, speaking oh. of dick moves, I got another one. And I said, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I thought we had an agreement to not tell these got stories it, anymore. Got it, got it, got it, got it. So if no, there's no, alien uh, sex, I'm out. That's what I'm saying. There, There's not. Don't worry. So this is actually from 1968. So it didn't quite qualify, but it's a wild-ass story. So I shoehorned it in here. What do you mean didn't qualify? Well, uh, we were doing 70s stories, but this one al- almost made the cut, but it's worth it. Uh, we, hey, nobody here cares. It's our show. It's our show. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm 18. Uh, I do what I want. <laughs> wait. Wait for it. Wait Get for it. Ah, oh, fuck. I'm a man. I'm 40. It is. <laughs> We're, I'm going to make my own. It's just, I'm a man. I'm 18. <laughs> we, oh, we can get there. You ready? I'm a man. I'm 
Zoom 18. <laughs> the Zoom delay is doing us no favors. It's not there. that I am 18. Everyone should know the the intent of the expression is I am over <laughs> the started, age of 18, thusly a qualified adult. We started doing this show when you were 13. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ryan has recently become an adult. <laughs> Do you remember the first time we got an email from a listener that was a child and we were like, oh, no. Dude. Oh, I was looking at that. our voicemail. I was looking at our voicemail after last week, and uh, there's there's like a small child who has left us five or six voicemails. Like since, like recently. Well, since April. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Oh. Uh huh. Oh. When you say small Parents, child. Yeah this this show is not for your children. Okay. Okay. Speak speaking of things not for children, Bolivia, <laughs> 1968. Yes. Valentina Flores uh, was a farmer and was going out to bring her sheep and llamas in for the night. Mm-hmm. And she gets the sheep wrangled and puts them in their pen, then goes out back out to get the llamas. And when she comes back, the sheep pen was covered in some sort of plastic net, like over the whole thing. <laughs> so she was gone just a few minutes. All the sheep were in there, but there was some sort of plastic netting over the whole pen. Mm. <laughs> and That's in- a sheep and net right there. <laughs> You've heard of a fishing net? That's a sheep and net. (laughs) Inside, there's a little dude about, again, about three feet high. And he's wearing a backpack and holding in his hand a little tube, like a a vacuum tube looking thing, but longer, like maybe eight inches long or something. And on the end of it is a hook, like a metal hook. I'm nervous. And with that tube hook thing, he's going around and just stabbing the sheep with this it. This is also considered a dick move. Look, sometimes <laughs> the whole like we come in peace thing is, you know, like you see it, you feel it. It 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 mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, they just came to like, you know, maybe have an interaction or like communicate or whatever. These guys, and then, whatever these, I'm getting dicked on this. Yeah, <laughs> these fucking guys are not those guys, man. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm throwing out my sheep and net, and I'm hooking motherfuckers, and I bet they're gonna get in their dumb little ship and fly away and be like, "Fuck you, fuck your sheep farm." Hell no. It's bullshit. So she comes back, and this little bastard's just going around stabbing all of her sheep. What do we call these guys? We've got grays. We've got like, what do we? What are these little short buttholes? <laughs> I don't know, because they, they seem different. Like they're dressed differently too. Other guy had a cone helmet on. This guy's wearing here. Let me. Uh, I can. I can maybe show you a picture. Perhaps. Yeah. Let me. And, I want. You can. Dis- I want to see what I'm mad at right now. Show me what one I'm the, mad at. One of the. One of the best parts of uh, Flying Saucer Review are the illustrations that go along with oh, it. Oh, sure, sure. So, so Ryan, I'm going to link you to this PDF, and you're going to need to scroll down to page. 18 that's too many of these <laughs> page uh, 18 according to the pdf not necessarily the the magazine and you'll see our little sheep stabber it um bastard. it's actually taking quite a while to load and i have pretty fast internet is this a very long pdf it's 40 pages it shouldn't be too bad well, maybe it's maybe it's high res images what um what was National Review doing at the time? Do you, National Review. 
what the fuck is this thing called? National Flying Saucer National Review. Flying sa- Saucer. There's no national, just Flying Saucer Review. Okay. What was Flying Saucer Review? Were they sending like reporters out to these locations to take down these stories on like some MUFON shit? So I, I think they just contracted with uh, UFO enthusiasts and investigators around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they clearly had like somebody who was doing a lot of South American stuff around this time because there were a lot of stories from there. They were based in England, so there's a lot of English stuff. Um, but I think you know people probably just they had like their uh, their roster of writers and investigators who pitched stuff for yeah. for each ep- uh, issue, and you know some editor selected stuff that made sense together, and off they went. Okay. I'm just gonna yeah describe this little guy. Please. I was gonna say let me let me give you what I'm seeing here because you you did it, but here's here's what happened. <laughs> you know those nutcrackers, like the actual like little soldier nutcrackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a nutcracker fucked an astronaut, and they gave him one of those whirly bird <laughs> hats with like the little spinning fan on the top. How? And yeah. they put him in some moon boots and gave him a backpack with an antenna on it, and then they gave his little crazy ass a Chucky knife. That's what I see. Higher than the top of a Triadosaurus Rex. That's what I see. It, that's incredibly accurate. <laughs> that is a, a spot on <laughs> verbatim description of oh, this also, guy. Also, he's DJing on like a super old phonograph in that photo. Yes, he, he's got like one of those console stereos next to him. Uh, yeah, like a like a like a seventies record player, and he's and he's scratching yeah. on the on the illustration. Yeah. Yep. What an asshole, so, man! Yeah, so he's he's stabbing stabbing away at Valentina's sheep, what an asshole. and she starts pelting the fuck out of this dude with rocks through the net because she can't. Well, she can't get in there, right? Because of, because of the net, so she's standing outside of the pen, just pelting this dude with rocks through the net. Yeah, I guess so. Hmm. I, I don't know how effective it was. She got his attention at she's least. She's throwing him so um, hard, they're just ripping through the net. Well, I mean, I don't, we don't know how wide of it, you know, like a fishing net, it's got some pretty big gaps in it. I guess depending on the size of your rocks and if you throw enough of them, some of them are going to hit the hole and keep it moving. Look, he's trying to catch sheep. You don't like, it doesn't have to be, it could be like a cargo net and you'd catch sheep in there. Yeah, you're right. So anyway. And also if he's only three feet tall, you don't need that big of a rock to knock his ass out. (laughs) knock his little ass over you don't gotta be throwing big rocks through a little net so he starts getting hit with some of these rocks and he walks over to his it says mechanical contraption i think that's the record player thing you were describing and rotated a wheel on top of it hence the the djing motion Mm -hmm. you were describing Mm -hmm. he started backspinning something on on top of this Mm -hmm. thing and it sucked all of the plastic netting back into it damn so it's like some sort of retractable netting system. So he knows he's under fire. He's got to go. He's got to he's got to wind up his net and get the fuck out. While he's doing this, now that the net is down, Valentina goes and grabs a bat. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, guys, I'm getting pelted. I got to I got to retract the sheep shanking net. I'm coming back to the shit. <laughs> this lady. Holy shit. This lady's being a real asshole. I'm just trying to stab a sheep or two. She's hitting me with rocks. Uh, it was it was 34, by the way, that he got to. He stabbed, stabbed and killed sheep. 
<laughs> he killed 34 sheep. I thought you were going to say like 324, not 34. That's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, he was he was going ham. So this is Space Chucky being just a gigantic dick. <laughs> so she he sees her coming at him with the bat and he goes after her with the stabbing tube. Bro, except he throws it at her. And it cuts her face and comes back to him like a boomerang. Whoa! Yeah. So he gets a couple good stabbing tube throws in, grabs his machine, puts a bunch of sheep guts, because he's pulled out sheep guts from the sheep that he stabbed, stuffs them in a bag to take with him. Sure. And then two, like, metal mechanical legs pop out of the sides of his backpack and shoot him straight up in the air, and he disappears. Boing! <laughs> he just flea-flickered his ass back into the ship. Yep. You know what? Part of me, now that we're talking about it, I'm like, huh, this is just cattle mutilation, but, like, before the technology was good enough. They used to have to send people down there. Now they take them up now, and then bring them back. In the, back in the day, they used to send them down with a phonogram and a fishing net to shank some sheep and pull their guts out and put them in his fucking little humanoid alien man backpack. And this guy was like, hey, she came at me with a bat. We got to figure out a different system. <laughs> I'm getting pelted with rocks. This lady's got a bat. And they're like, okay, let's do cattle in the desert with a laser and no nets involved. And people were like, mm, much safer for our fucking shanking purposes. It's fucked up. It's fucked up, man. I'm, I don't like him. I don't like him. I want to I wanna punch his little head. So, yeah, after he took off, she inspected her sheep, found 34 of them dead. And many of them were missing parts of their intestines. So he killed them and he took their guts and then he, oh Jesus, you good? What's that? Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> you, <laughs> the arm of my chair was looked, not fully locked in. It just, it just oh. sank a, sank a notch and click clacked. You, you went to set your drink down out of frame and then I heard some sort of loud noise and you made a surprise face. It looked like you just tossed your drink on the no, floor. No, it was me leaning my elbow okay, and good. my, my arm went ka-chunk. Excellent. We're all safe Much here. Better. Beverage intact. Uh, okay, so that's that's our second weird little bastard. Um, third weird little bastard. We are now in Belgium in 1973. They're invading. Belgium, December 1973. Flanders, specifically, is the town we're, we're dealing with. Ned? Uh, don't think he's a town. I think he's a cartoon. Well, how do you know? <laughs> so this guy who is referred to in the, in the write-up as Mr. V.M., Got up around 2 a.m. because he had to go to the bathroom. And he's walking through the kitchen and hears a noise coming from outside that sounds like someone shoveling. Which is a weird thing to have happen at 2 in the morning. Yeah. I don't know. Depends on your neighbors. But yeah, I got you. Well, it's in his yard. <laughs> maybe, it's a, maybe it's a friendly neighbor <laughs> with insomnia. So hey, he looks Bill, out the window. I uh, noticed your sidewalk wasn't done yet, and I just, you know, <laughs> couldn't sleep. So, <laughs> oh, not not snow shoveling, like dirt shoveling. Oh, like digging a hole. You want to see a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that kind of shoveling. Got it. Yeah, significant. Don't tell my lawyer we killed people. Man. Significantly more disconcerting. <laughs> Carry on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, he was not just doing a favor I'm, for his neighbor. I'm in January in Minnesota mode, like, oh, the only shoveling I know is the fucking four hours of shoveling I do every week. Right, right, right. Okay, so he looks out the window from the kitchen, and he sees a green light coming from his garden. And he's watching for a while. And he then realizes that this green light is actually coming from a little little critter. A little critter. Uh, about, about two feet tall. Okay. Two to three feet tall. So roughly the, the same size as these other weird little bastards. And he's wearing a shiny one-piece suit that doesn't appear to have any seams or pockets or buttons or anything on it. Tight. And this this green light that he initially saw looks to be emanating from inside the suit. Like it's it's lit up on the inside. Call that a titanium onesie. Yes. And over his head, he's got a clear helmet, like plastic maybe or glass or something, with a tube running down from the back of it to a backpack. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's he's, uh, he's scuba diving is what's happening here. He's earth earth scuba-ing. Earth, ad- sure. earth diving. I don't know. I'll workshop it. And on his belt, he has a small red box attached to it like on the on the front and that thing is also giving off some some sort of light okay he's got big boots on and gloves like none of his skin is exposed he's not making any sound and in his hands he's holding something that looks like a vacuum cleaner like a 70s vacuum cleaner with the long handle or maybe a metal detector okay and he's just running it back and forth over this guy's garden just out there vacuuming his garden at two in the morning. He's got a carrot detector. Yep, found the carrots, Dave. I'm coming up. <laughs> so VM grabs a flashlight and shines it out the window at this thing. And it turns around and looks at, at VM through the window. And th- at this point, he sees his face for the first time. It has no mouth, no mouth or nose. Uh, small pointy ears and very large eyes that also seem to be glowing or giving off light somehow. This seems less humanoid than the other two we've talked about. Well, humanoid meaning like bipedal arms and legs, yeah. torso, head. Yeah. You know, yeah. not like human-like in appearance but, or facial features. Okay, or bioluminescence levels. Bioluminescence. <laughs> okay, but to be fair. Our our last little dude in the illustration, which isn't real anyway, but <laughs> in the last illustration for Flying Saucer Review, the Nutcracker astronaut dude looks significantly mm-hmm. more just like a tiny human with a little stabby Chucky knife. Okay, well, here, let me... We also have illustrations of this guy. Ooh, I thought we were working from one primary document. Now we have multiple primary documents with multiple cited illustrations. Oh, yeah. Man, Sign th- me these up. are all from different these are all from different issues throughout the 70s. Sign me up. Uh Ryan, you're looking for page 18 in this case again. 18 and 18? Yeah. So when he shines the flashlight on this dude and he turns around, <gasps> the little alien guy just Flashes him the peace sign <laughs> and then turns around and keeps vacuuming his garden. Deuces. <laughs> junk, junk. Enough. When he gets to the when he gets to the end of the garden, 
and this is what the illustration you're about to see is depicting. There's a, a wall, like a, a cement or maybe rock or something wall at one end, about five or six feet high. He gets to this wall and just sticks his feet to the side of it and walks up the side of the wall over the top and then back down the other side. Damn! With, with his vacuum cleaner thing the whole time. Uh, the way they described it, uh, oh, the, the the wall was actually higher. It was about nine feet high. Oh, yeah. Reaching the top of the wall, which was about nine feet high, he executed a complete arc of a circle as he became erect again and then swung down and forward to descend the other face of the wall in the same surprising fashion. I don't think I need to even say phrasing for he became erect again. Come on, guys. Let's well, let's get it together. Let's get it together. <laughs> he also flying saucer he had a raging hard on because he was so psyched about all the characters. Uh, I mean, he's clearly in this photo, he's clearly vacuuming. You've, n- you've never had a veggie boner. <laughs> Tell me you've never had a veggie boner. bro. Yo, we going to have the bomb and salad tonight, guys. <laughs> I can't even front. I'm a little turned on. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm going to be back to this ship in five minutes and we going to feast on this salad, bro. I'm a, I'm a little, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little heated. I'm ready. The show not supposed to go like this. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Honestly, it's okay. not. Please, please describe this little vacuuming weirdo for us. I mean, this one is a little more straightforward. This is. I was right in my my vision of like, feels like a little teeny tiny retro scuba suit, like underwater suit dude with. But the but all the facial underwater suit dude. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean. No, I, do, I do know. But all the face is like, it's just, it's not actually, like what you described about the face is not represented in this drawing. Yeah. I mean. Un- unfortunately, his his face is just sort of like in, in silhouette in this. There's one before it on page 17 that looks like a six-year-old did it. <laughs> well. <laughs> Sketch of the humanoid by the witness was the witness six because it it definitely kind of looked like that. We don't know the witness. It's kind of interesting though that like I mean it's probably not real, but it's interesting to think about the concept of a witness actually like drawing a photo like this because he definitely like yeah I don't know got big eyes and like I can see the pointy ears in the six year old photograph and then yeah he's got like a retro vacuum for sure he's vacuuming yeah. the, he's vacuuming up the vegetable garden. So he goes over this wall and he can't see him once he goes over this nine foot tall wall. Uh, but about five minutes later, this machine rises up into the air just on the other side of the garden wall and it's giving off a bright white light. It hovers in the air for, he says, a few minutes, give, like shooting off sparks the whole time. Okay. Spicy. And he was close enough because this is like just on the other side of his garden wall, he could see this same being inside the craft and noticed some sort of logo on the side of it, on the side of the craft that he described as a black circle with a yellow lightning bolt through it, which I think is the only time I've ever heard of aliens having logos on their UFOs. And I love it. Fire, bro. Fire. They're like, they're like sports teams. Also, isn't that the flashes logo? Uh, that's red, though, right? Red and yeah, yellow? Yeah, but I mean, isn't it a lightning bolt through a circle? Uh, roughly, yeah. I think so. 
Look, I'm I'm still new to the whole superhero thing. I, I haven't gotten to him yet. It's okay. We'll help you along the is, way. Is he an Avenger? It, yeah, no, it is exactly uh no, he's oh, not tight. he's not an Avenger, but it but oh, fuck. <laughs> but it is a lightning bolt through a circle for sure. So he watches this this craft take off uh to about sixty feet where it hovered again for a while, and then it shot straight up and disappeared. The salad was done. The salad. Do more for you, right? The salad was done. Uh, okay, we've got two left, and they're they're both the strangest stories I've ever Are heard. Are they all tiny? <laughs> Are any of these humanoids big? Yes. Do you want do you want the biggest of the of the weird I, bastards? Next? I want to finish with the big the big bastards. Well, okay, so here here's the thing. We've got two stories left. One is about a really big alien. <laughs> And one of <laughs> one of them is about a really disturbing alien. Which one do you want to finish? I on? don't want to just finish on the disturbing one. That seems sad. Okay, okay. It's not like nobody dies or anything, but it's it's more scary than it is fun. Mm, thanks, I we'll hate do, it. We'll do that one first, and we'll finish with the the goofy big bastard. Okay, I'm getting ready. I don't know how, but okay. I'm getting ready. I'm psychologically prepared. <laughs> October of 1973, and we're in southern France. And this guy named Gabriel and his girlfriend were going for an evening ride on his motorcycle up to the top of a small mountain nearby. And on the way up, they notice a bright orange-yellowish ball of light following them along the road. And it's it's like a, a... sphere surrounded by a rotating halo of light that is changing colors as it rotates around this main ball of light sir that's the cops it's like (laughs) no like saturn it's like a ball with a ring around it it's a light and it's spinning and as it spins it changes colors sir it's blue and red mostly but it kind of changes Sir, the police are trying to pull you over Oh no, it's weird, man. It had like a loud sound and it sounded like woo. And then, then it was bright. And then, it was, I don't know. It was following me. I, was, I don't know. Anyway, I outran them. So hopefully the aliens won't get me. <laughs> Sir, you just evaded the police. <laughs> Good job. Anyway, I'm, I'm relearning they, my microphone discipline for this show. I have blown out my fucking shit so many times on here. I apologize to listeners slash Spencer for having to edit me. Just go to Sunday. Yep. So they pull over to look at this thing. And they guess it's about 500 meters away, which seems like a, a large distance to guess that accurately. But whatever. That's, yeah, that's a long um, way. They watch it for a little bit, and it eventually disappears behind another mountain. But they can still see, like, this glowing light in the trees over there. So Gabe decides he wants to check it out. His girlfriend does not. So he takes her home, calls up his buddy who's into UFOs. That guy calls two of his buddies who are into UFOs, and the four of them go out to find this thing in two different cars. We're going alien been hunting and then... And they're driving up this mountain, two of them each in in a car, and they get back up to the top, they get out to look around, and they see on, well, they're on this like little uh, parking lot, not quite at the top, 
but about 80 meters above them at the top, they see this glowing light. And they can hear from that same direction what they describe. I'll pull up the actual description. So the guy, whoever's writing this write up said it could best be described as radio, something like radio static. Mm. But they also said that none of them could really describe the sound accurately. Mm. Uh, let's see. Their ears detected strange sounds, which seemed to be coming from the glow. We have been unsuccessful in finding a satisfactory way to describe these sounds, mm. but I'll say that the nearest thing to the to reality would be to compare them with the noise of radio interference. Not one of those who heard the sounds has managed to give an exact description of it. Yo, okay. That whales. And here's why. <laughs> When I, when I look at, like, some of those drawings and descriptions of, like, it's a little guy in a scuba diving helmet vacuuming my garden. I'm like, bullshit. Like, you're just using a bunch of, like, human references to describe yeah. a thing. And, like, I'm not trying to be, like, I mean, obviously we're, like, we're joking around here. But, like, when I see those things, I'm like, that just feels like lazy sci-fi in a way to me. Or, counterpoint. You saw something that you could not comprehend and put it in terms that you could. Sure, that's fair. Which, yeah, you're right. You're right. Or not even necessarily consciously, but your brain was like, I've never seen this shit before, so here's as close as we can get. Sure. But I guess, like, I, I appreciate these types of stories where they're like, look, these lights made a sound that I literally don't know how to, like, I, I do not have a touch point in my human experience. Oh my god. God damn it. God damn it. Bro, speaking of sounds that go on too long, holy fuck. It's like 15 seconds long. That is <laughs> my favorite. so much Bigfoot call, bro. That is an unreasonable amount of Bigfoot call. If you haven't watched the all gas, no breaks, where he goes Bigfoot hunting in northern Minnesota... <laughs> Reamer, Minnesota specifically, which is a town I've driven through dozens of times. Minnesota represent. Go watch that episode. I, I loaded this sound in knowing there was never going to be a reasonable use for it, but it makes me laugh every fucking time and I look, hear it. We're talking about the sounds that cryptids and aliens make, so that might be as, as close as we're going to get. Absolutely. Um, okay. But yeah, like I, 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 I can appreciate better and like wrap my head around better the concept of straight up being like look i don't know what you want me to tell you but that's not some shit i've ever seen or heard before and i literally don't know how to put it into words like now i'm like ooh, yeah. okay i'm I'm, in, yeah. I'm much more uh i'm much more engaged i'm much more willing to believe it's it's a perhaps if, if nothing else like maybe a more honest or like in some ways more accurate to say like I, I don't know. It's more accurate, but it yeah. was I, more accurate to be less accurate. I I can't tell you what it was because I've never heard or seen something like right. it, but I know I've never heard or seen something like totally. it. So here's like 40% of what it sounded right. like. Maybe kind of, right. um, I also think it's interesting if there's like some wiggle room in that description, it sounds like the four different people described the sound differently, mm. which is also interesting to me. That is cool. That not only could you not describe it, it sounds like you didn't necessarily hear the same thing to begin with. Yeah, right, right, right. Which is a weird 
concept also. It's probably also, I would imagine, a concept that works with people having a new experience is like they're trying to build their description of a new experience with their personal touch points. And since everyone has a different set of personal touch points, if it is literally completely a net new thing that you have literally never heard before, you might be like, uh, here's the only way I know how to talk about this. And four different people might be like, I got a different one of those because it's the only way I know how to talk about it because it's so foreign. This also happened right before they all experienced some incredibly just buck wild shit. So that may have had something to do with their recollection part coming now. Yes, yes, tight, yes, tight, yes. tight. I'm going to hide under my desk. Keep going. <laughs> so at this point, they all suddenly felt hot. And they see a red light coming down the mountain toward them. And as it gets closer, they all hit the deck like they try and hide behind or under something. Because they see that this light is accompanied by a nine foot tall figure. Oh, wait, I thought we were doing disturbing, not big. Well, disturbing and big? sorry, it's both. Yeah, no, I'm scared. All right, I live. It's a this story is a variety of I'm things. I'm sliding down. You can see, they can't see, but I'm sliding down in my chair until this gets less scary. <laughs> so, this red light is actually being carried by this nine foot tall, shadowy figure. Oh, he's got a torch, and it stops about 75 feet away from them and bends over to pick something up then turns the light off. So now they can't see anything, but they know that this nine-foot-tall dude is nearby and just picked something up. Well, maybe he just dropped his keys while he was flying over the mountain, and he just he needed the torch to go hunt the keys. Once he had the keys, he wanted to be inconspicuous and turn the lights I bet off. that's not what's going to happen, though. So the next <laughs> thing they notice is that one of their cars is shaking. That's not... Just on its own, their car is shaking. Yeah, I'm good on that. So they make the wise decision at this point to get the fuck out Mm -hmm. of there. And once the car stops shaking, they run over to the car. But on their way over there, there's suddenly a bright white light like on them. Like they've just been hit with some sort of spotlight. Are they driving or they just got back in their car? They're running to their car. And they just got lit up. They got out of the car to look around. They saw this guy coming down the mountain they hide. Once he leaves, they try and go back to the car, but the spotlight hits Okay. Him. They hide again. The light eventually goes away. They make it back to the car, but it won't start. Mm-mm. The other car starts. Two guys hop into that car and just get the fuck out of there, leaving the other guys behind. Yeah, hell yeah, you <laughs> with do. With the car that won't start. They're on a hill. They manage to get the car moving down the hill in neutral and then are able to start it once it's moving. Wait. It's a thing I've heard of people doing before I've, with old cars. I've heard I don't of it know too. anything about cars. I thought, wait, I thought you said the one car was working, but the other one wasn't. Right. So they have one working car. Two guys hop into that car and they leave. The other two guys are with the non working car. Yeah. But they're able to get it started oh, by rolling it. Oh, I thought you I thought you were saying they had abandoned that second vehicle straight up. No. Got it. Two guys left. Two guys stayed behind with the non-working got car. It, got it. Got it. So both cars are working. All four guys have left. As the second car is driving away, 
one of the guys in that car decides to look behind them and now sees three of these giant dudes about 10 feet behind their car. Like sprinting after them? It doesn't say. Just floating? But like if if you're driving a car and they're 10 feet behind you, they're moving towards you, They're either floating or running. (laughs) Right. So he slams on the brakes and backs the car up at them. Damn, bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out for him. Wait, and then hops out and yells three times at them, are you good or are you bad? Look, fair (laughs) quandary, I will say. Stopping. Important information to have at that point if they're willing to share it with you. Stopping the vehicle to ask that question, probably not great sense. If they're chasing you, chances are not high that they are good. Bad! Okay, getting back in the car, getting back in the car. Time to go. Get away from here. They said bad. I, I didn't uh, I didn't know anything else. I didn't need to know anything else. They said they're bad. So the three creatures huddle together after being posed, uh, after this question was posed yep. to them. They huddle up and just make some weird whistling sounds for a few seconds. Sure. Which as you do. God damn it. Now we're gonna be here for three hours. <laughs> they huddle up, they make some weird sounds, they break the huddle, and then they come straight towards the guys, except faster this time. Perfect. So they have decided that they are indeed well, either they decide they're bad, or they're like, oh no, they think we're bad. We're definitely good. We we should run over there and tell them how good we are. We're so good, we're so good, we're so good. <laughs> We want to hug you. We love you. So two guys wisely hop back in the car, drive down the hill, and they're just ripping down the mountain. But for some reason, part of the way down, they stop and decide that they got to go back and see what's going on with the weird tall guys. Guys, no, you don't. No, you absolutely do not. Fortunately, they didn't see anything when they went back the second time. There were no lights. There were no weird tall guys. Nothing. While all this is going on, the other pair of dudes who got the fuck out of there right away in, in the in the working car are dealing with some wild shit. As they're driving down the mountain, they see a pair of disembodied red legs run across the road in front of them. We've lost the plot, bud. We've lost the plot. <laughs> <laughs> it's official. We've lost the plot. At the same time as these legs run across the road in front of them, their headlights and their interior lights shut off and then come back on a few seconds later. They've decided to stop the car at this point or a little bit after this because they assumed that the other two guys were right behind them and they've now realized that they are not. So they stop to let the other guys catch up not knowing that they're not coming and they're not going to catch up. (laughs) Once they realize that the the other guys aren't coming, they start driving again. And about a mile later, they see the the glowing, sorry, I may have left that out the first time, the glowing red legs. Mm -mm. Except this time, they're running through a field towards their car. Glowing red legs sprinting through a field at your vehicle. No, Correct. I'm good on that, bro. I don't need that in my life. 
It's why you shouldn't be intellectually what? curious about anything, bro. You see that light? You go home. You go home and you shut your doors. You pour a drink, you turn on a television show that makes you feel happy, and you shut the fuck up. You don't go, you don't go, hey, bros, this was pretty crazy. Want to go fucking see? No, because this is what happens. I was wild. I, could, I didn't know what to think about Nine that. foot tall assholes and glowing, sprinting, disembodied legs, <laughs> disengage, disassociated legs are going <laughs> to fuck you up. Uh, so a couple, they keep driving away from the, the red glowing legs. And a couple miles later, their car is abruptly thrown sideways at like a, a 90 degree angle off the road. And then immediately brought back to its original position. What? While going 40 miles an hour the whole time. So they're driving 40 down the road. They're suddenly 90 degrees to the left in the field. And then suddenly back on the road like nothing ever happened. Got You got magnet, magnetized. They make it to the bottom of the hill. They wait 15 minutes for the other guys to show up. And then they call it a night. I would have called it a night six hours ago. Good on all that. We're doomed. Yup. Yeah. I, I love, I think that one of the things I love most about these flying saucer review write-ups are how detailed they are. And then the combination of how detailed they are and how abruptly they end. It's like all this insane stuff happened and we've talked to all these different people about it and gotten all these different versions yep. of it and cross-referenced it with this thing and that thing. Uh, and now here's another story that's equally wild and well-documented. Yeah. We don't know what happened with those guys. Uh, fuck them. Yeah. We're we done. Did, look, we got our we're story. not here to follow up. This is not a, we're not writing a book <laughs> here. We're writing a 500 word article. Once we have our data, we fucking bounce. Or, or like, what is there to follow up on? You got every, you got the whole story from the guys. Like, that that's the the craziest part about so many of these stories to me is like, well, now I gotta go to work tomorrow. I guess I just saw pants running through a field. <laughs> I gotta I gotta open the store tomorrow. Was, I guess it was wasn't it Mason who's it, I feel like Mason was the first one on the show to be like, we always take for granted the fact that like if if any of these things are real and any of them actually happen to you, your life would be irreparably changed. It would be. I think that. I think the exact quote was, if I see a ghost, I'm never paying taxes again. <laughs> That's right. That is exactly what the quote was. And yeah, that has, that has stuck with me through 200 plus episodes yes, of this show. Like that is the moment that you're like, welp, everything's different now. Guess none of this matters. <laughs> Not even yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Face your fears, Face son. your fears, son. Okay. Time for one more. The, the last big bastard. Yeah, this is uh, coming to us from Colenso, South Africa, August 1972. Okay. And at about 4.30 in the morning, Doris Muthwa is getting up to get some water. And she sees what she describes as a white man in a suit. Okay. Except... There was a bright pink and blue light coming out of his chest, and he was surrounded by smoke and fire. Damn, that's a lot. And he was, and he was eleven feet tall. Okay, 
that's not a man anymore. <laughs> I saw a man. However, he had 17 <laughs> characteristics that made him absolutely nothing like a man at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, 11 feet tall, surrounded by smoke and fire, pink and blue lights coming out of his nope, chest. Not a man. <laughs> And she said, quote, he must have been emitting some kind of electricity because it was just like when you touch the iron and your body goes all jerky. Okay. You've been electrocuted too many times. <laughs> also, does your... The iron is hot. It doesn't emit electricity if it's functioning the way it's supposed yeah, to. Yeah. I don't... Is she saying, like, the reaction to touching something hot? Or is she saying... The reaction to having electricity running through your Man, body. Man, you may want to replace your curling iron because, yeah, or or Are clothing you doing iron it in the or bath? whatever it is. <laughs> Are you ironing in the bathtub? Look, every time I try to curl my hair <laughs> while I'm having a shower, I uh, I go all herky jerky. <laughs> <laughs> I meant ironing clothes. I meant ironing clothes in the bathtub, but that works too. Every time I curl my hair in the shower, I start break dancing, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Bad blame it, boy. Mm. Oh boy, took a, a poorly timed sip. <laughs> so she sees this big bastard. Uh, he then shoots into the sky and disappears. However, other people in the area reported seeing a similar creature the following night and on two previous occasions. Oh, okay. Respect. Thelma Hansen was one of them, and she saw a creature along with seven other witnesses at the same time. Okay. that's That sounds like more uh, corroboration than we've had for any of these other stories. Yes. So I'm going to need you to describe one more alien to our listeners. Yes. Uh, I just sent you a link. I believe it's page 20 is the the being that I'd like you to, or no, 21. Page 21 is the, the critter in question here. It is, is uh, that, that link is working, link working and it is you? taking a okay. considerable amount of time like the other two. And I'm not entirely sure why. Again, I have very competent. I think it internet. I think it may be the ancient website that they're hosted on. Uh, that sounds more accurate. Okay, that just pulled up. Okay, so so Thelma sees this, which she called a huge creature floating in the sky, and allegedly seven other people were with her and saw the same you thing. Said page twenty, what? Tw- twenty-one. Twenty-one. Oh mm-hmm. uh, wait, God, don't Not working. Nope. I can like scroll oh, it, but okay. I can't change the page. Like the page data is not changing for some. Oh, got it. Sometimes okay. you just Excellent. need a refresh. Um, sir, that is Towley wearing an iPhone as a hat. <laughs> is what that is. That is. That is a raggedy ass towel with a rectangular face on an iPhone. Luminous buttons. Can can luminous buttons be the first 2022 put it on the list? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Hi, uh, Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are luminous buttons. 
Or maybe, so her full description was a rectangular head with eyes and luminous buttons, arms, no legs, smoke and fire. So what if, what if we were luminous buttons, smoke and fire, like instead of earth, wind and fire? A hundred percent perfect. It couldn't be no other way. Luminous buttons, buttons, smoke and fire. No, (laughs) I know it, it doesn't. It's not quite as as smooth of a read, but what about luminous buttons, no legs, smoke and fire? <laughs> okay, I'm in. <laughs> I need very little convincing here. I mean, there are clearly no okay. legs. I guess Towley does have legs, so it's a little less Towley, but it does have arms, which is tough. You could tuck him up if you were flying, though. You know, definitely, definitely. Uh, I think this guy was also about eleven feet tall. Um, the, the witnesses described. Or reported headaches and leg pains after seeing this thing, and they said they felt some sort of hypnotic effect, which was drawing them toward the creature. Oh, fancy. Exciting. And then our third report of a similar creature comes from Elias Kosha, the the night after the, uh, Doris's sighting. He was walking home from work and saw this same type of creature, and he said that he invited the visitor home for a drink, but it turned and sped off, emitting flames and smoke. <laughs> Elias sees an 11 foot tall flying towel monster with luminous buttons on its head and says, why don't you come on in for a Let's whiskey? get schnockered. And that and yeah. that thing said, zip, 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 <laughs> and fucking... Sp- Ran the other direction like a fucking cartoon. I'm hammered drunk. How many drinks do you think Elias had before he invited the giant towel monster in for a drink? All in. I just wanted a drinking buddy, <laughs> and I don't think there's anything wrong with finding a drinking. Look, I've it's not my typical drinking buddy. I've had other drinking buddies, but it seemed like a good drinking buddy to have, so I wanted to. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to another day, another beer. Want to, I just wanted to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> At least eleven. What I'd say fuck eleven. Fuck my god! <laughs> yes. Fuck my god! <laughs> and uh, that's the end of our stories. It's the What If podcast. We're back, motherfuckers. <laughs> How do we do? Fucking awesome! Right back in the saddle. I like this show. This show is doing a lot of different things. No, no love lost. No steps lost. New sounders. Mm. Same old aliens. Still cracking you jokes. Fucking know it. Still loving all y'all for being here. It's hi at whatifpodcast.com if you want to send us an email or at 612-246-4614 if you want to leave us a voicemail. <laughs> Look at you, motherfucker. But more importantly than either of those pieces of information is this piece of information, which is that we have a new podcast that is not this podcast, and it's called Finding Quantum Quest. It's based on an episode. We're seeing some shit we ain't never seen. <laughs> uh-huh, okay. uh-huh, and it's based on an episode. <laughs> I really thought you were going to take a breath somewhere in there. Nah, bro. <laughs> you think I, bro? You know I've been talking my ass out my whole life. I don't need no breaths, no breaths taken. Apologies, apologies. Take two. Go ahead. Uh, you need to. You, it's called Finding Quantum Quest, is what I was gonna say. And you need to go to findingquantumquest.com or just search for Finding Quantum Quest on any podcatcher that you use. Share it with your friends and family. It's a new show. We're really proud of it. It's based on an episode we did of this show almost exactly a year ago, and we think you're really going to like it. So more than anything, go check out Finding Quantum Quest 
wherever you get your pods. Episode one. The trailer's out right yeah, now. And episode one is episode out. Episode one a, comes out next yeah, week. Yeah, week. Yeah. Next yeah, week. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a wild ride. If you know people who like podcasts or lost media or space animation or sci-fi or space or we talked to, bro, I talked to at least two people with PhDs to make this podcast. Listen, Maybe. No, three, at least three. And if you know anything about this show, you know, we, that that is a stretch. We don't have PhDs. <laughs> That's what you know from hearing this. We do. Larry, I'm on duck tail. We do have, we do have college degrees. But Spence just but barely. Spencer's is in art and mine is in English, so barely. Neither of those barely. count. Those aren't we have real. Barely, yeah. barely have college degrees, but not PhDs. So if you want to hear people smarter than us talk about things that we find interesting, you should go listen to Finding Quantum Quest. Do it, okay. And also, you should come back here next week because we're going to keep telling you about Finding Quantum Quest, but we're also going to keep telling you about aliens and cryptids. I got some of the the wildest cryptids we've ever covered ready to ready to go next week you ever heard of vegetable man we got vegetable man next week (laughs) it's gonna be fucking lit we'll see you then love you bye